And I don't want to feel like interrupted all the time. I want to get really engaged. Like I forget that I'm driving a car. <laughs> Not, oh my gosh, we've had other conversations about my bad driving habits. <laughs> I'm a good driver, I swear. <laughs> Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Kareen from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my fellow book friends. Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a podcast for book lovers, by book lovers from the Port Moody Public Library, we come to you on possibly the rainiest, darkest day of all days. It's the gloomiest. Yeah, I can see you applauding, Virginia. You're the only one. Fiona, how are you feeling this morning? Not great. Walking the dog was terrible. Oh my gosh, I was soaked and it was slippery. It is, however, like a perfect reading day. I can tell that Virginia is happy doing like a little head bob, little head bob. How are you feeling this morning, Virginia? Excellent. Love walking in the rain. Love it. Because it's like heavy rain. I don't like it when it's misty because that's annoying. It has to be like heavy pouring rain. It's the best. Well, you're going to be the lone voice on that because as you can see and or hear, uh, we are two bodies short on this particular podcast. So you get up close and personal with myself, Kareen, Fiona, and Virginia, as we are taking on a topic which might have scared away our other two book friends. <laughs> And probably for maybe some good reason. So on this podcast, we do a lot of recommending to you or to the people. We recommend a lot of books that we love and talk about our different recommendations. But do we actually take each other's recommendations? This is what the topic of this particular podcast is all about. So our challenge was to read a book that was recommended on this podcast. So Virginia, how was it? Was it difficult to choose a book? Easy to choose a book? It was slightly difficult. I think I have a few choices. I do have to say I have a few choices. And I think I went with somebody that I didn't think I would go with. Like there was an obvious choice, I think, for me. I think many of you probably could guess the obvious choice, but I didn't. I went with something different. So yeah. In Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you? How was that for you? Well, I, I, I honestly did not find this very difficult at all. The difficult thing for me was to choose a book because everyone does such great recommendations and they talk about them and make them seem so enticing and amazing. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's hard to choose one. So I ended up actually picking up three and reading two of them. And I've got thoughts about them. I have thoughts and opinions about them. Um, but the actual process itself was pretty easy because I think everyone has really good taste in books and they take a lot of care with the ones that they recommend. So I was like, okay, I know it, it might not be my thing, but I know it's going to be good. All right, Fiona, what about you? Was it a struggle? No, I was great. 
I've complained about this before. My to read list is just filled with things that you have all recommended. And then I'm like, well, I can't read these right now because I need to bring something new to the podcast. And it's a conundrum. So uh, I was really happy to have a chance to focus on some things that were already recommended. And it was very much like the episode where we all recommended one book to somebody. And that has been my favorite episode so far. So I liked revisiting that. It is true. I can see on Goodreads after we do an episode, you can see just books being added to Fiona's in real time, which is very fun. (laughs) Yeah. So this was kind of a nice, a nice experience to kind of go back through the episodes and, and choose a book or a book recommender that maybe you have less in common with. I wonder who you're talking about. Who could that be? Yeah, Virginia and I often joke that our reading tastes are, if you think about a Venn diagram, they're two separate circles far from each other in very different stratospheres. However, every once and a while, there is the Venn diagram kind of like a special lunar eclipse, like the two circles slowly move together for a brief eight seconds of time and then quickly move away from each other for a couple of years. And the world gets really dark (laughs) when that happens (laughs) because something is very wrong. I feel like you and I could like sometimes could agree more easily on books that we don't like that are not for us. I feel like we were pretty good with agreeing on those. Just books that are not for both of us. I wonder who they are for. Like, I want to know what that other, like that other piece is. Who's that third person that just like, those are their books. Maybe it's you, Fiona. Uh, Unfortunately not. That would be nice, but I don't think I am. (laughs) I I honestly don't think you are either. (laughs) But there is somewhere out there that that is that, that third circle in the Venn diagram of, of us over here and the kind of like a Mickey Mouse head, maybe. Yeah. Um, So yeah, when it came to choosing who was I going to take a book recommendation from, I decided to challenge myself and I picked up a book recommended by Virginia. And not only did I just pick up this book, I straight up purchased this book because Virginia talked about it so well and so, so passionately and made it sound so intriguing that I was like, you know what? I want to support a, a debut author. I want to I want to have this on my shelf because it looks really nice. And so I picked up Build Your House Around My Body by Violet Cooper Smith. Very beautiful book, very interesting cover. So this was talked about by Virginia on an episode that I absolutely don't remember what it was about. The 50. 50- of episode. So this is the quintessential Virginia book. So watch what you're going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so not only did I choose the challenge of Virginia, who I think is probably furthest away from my reading choices, I also chose the quintessential Virginia book. So I went hard into this challenge. I went hard. So I purchased this book and it kind of sat on my shelf for a little bit and this challenge was coming up and I had actually read another book recommended by Virginia that I was maybe going to talk about. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Like it's a rainy, gloomy evening. Maybe I'll start reading this one tonight and see how it goes. And I really did earn, I'm wearing, especially for today, my little pin that says uh, Night Owl Book Club because I started this at about nine o'clock at night 
and I kept reading until I kid you not three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And you know, it's a, I was going to say it's a school night, but it's been a while since I've been in school. Um, it is a work night. I do have to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and go to work, but this book was so good and so smart and so compelling that I had no problem staying awake once I started it. And I had no intentions of finishing this book, I guess, technically today in the morning. But once I started it, I could not stop. Violet Cooper Smith is maybe a genius. I have not read a book that every single part fits together so well that after you put it down, you find yourself picking it back up again, going, wait a minute, wait a minute. And just the amount of like epiphanies and revelations as you go through it, just the technical prowess of the writing is mind blowing. So if you don't remember episode 50 in the way that this is a very essential uh, Virginia book is that it is, a, it kind of has Oh my goodness. So many intertwining stories, like the intertwining roots of a rubber tree, if you will. It is about Winnie, who is, uh, her father is uh, Vietnamese, her mother is white, and she is kind of aimless. She feels like she doesn't have a purpose in life. She is the youngest of three much older siblings who are very successful. They are lawyers, they're engineers, they're doctors, and then there's just Winnie, who has no expectations on her, who her family doesn't really expect anything of her at all. And she doesn't really expect anything of herself. She feels absolutely unmoored in her life. And so she decides to revisit the land of her father. She decides to go and teach English in Vietnam. And pretty much as soon as she steps off the plane, things start getting weird. This is a story. Oh gosh. And again, I stayed up until three o'clock in the morning. And then when I actually fell asleep, I had the worst, strangest dreams. Virginia, you turned into a spider person. It was awful. (laughs) It was awful. And you got crushed by a carpet. It was a lot. But what kind of, it's about like intersecting stories and folklore and ghosts and how the past can haunt the present and like the place of women in society and and everything. It has everything. It is very disturbing in the best possible way. So if you're looking for something that is like a touch out there, kind of horror, but just amazing technical writing. It is funny. It is wry. It is sharp. Yeah. And there are several parts in the book that I actually just gasped out loud at. I was like, oh, it's them. It's them. Then you absolutely have to pick this up. So Build Your Houses Around My Body is a perfect book for anyone who's looking for like a little scare, a little bit of supernatural, but done in such a way that you will absolutely be floored by the quality of the writing. So Virginia, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Thank you for the recommendation. I, I I am speechless. I have nothing to say. I don't know what's going on today. <laughs> See, now you all have to read it because the eclipse has just happened. I was compelled to read it even just after Virginia's review. So now with Kareen's, I have to. Everyone has to. 
It's a truly unique book where this happens. This has only happened, oh, I think under 10, Virginia, right? Under 10. I'm trying to think. Ooh. And you're totally right. Like, it's just this such good, amazing writing. Not a lot of writers can pull this off to manage to interconnect everything in there. And it's the same thing. Like, whenever you notice something, like, oh, that's that thing that you just saw. Like, it's like amazing. And then you start thinking back to like, what else did I miss? I'm sure there's lots of things that that I did not see it just happened to like somebody just happened to walk by and I probably missed that. It's probably somebody important. And yeah, it is. It was, yeah, it was an amazing book, an amazing book. It's a book that as soon as you finish it, you actually want to flip back to the beginning and read it again because you're like, I missed so much of what is going on because it's done so, so subtly that you only notice it in retrospect. And I the amount of like diagramming that she must have done to plot this out must have been so intense because it is it is so detailed and it's just everywhere. The entire book is just brilliant in that way. It's so brilliantly plotted. I'm so glad you like it. I was so worried when you came in and you said you have lots of things to talk about whatever book it is. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Mostly because I'm so tired and I didn't get very much sleep. You turned into a spider. It was awful. <laughs> but I mean, it's, and again, the way that she's kind of like weaving in that, 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 that folklore, that, that, that kind of like magical realism in it, the kind of uh, the Vietnamese story, the Vietnamese history, the occupation from the French, the, the, the war, the, the way that kind of America is like subtly colonizing it right now through culture. Like it's all there. And then again, like Winnie, Winnie is such an interesting character in that she she is kind of she looks Vietnamese but doesn't feel Vietnamese but is and then isn't and that kind of like straddling those those birth, both worlds and her feeling so disconnected from everything from everything her own family her past her history yeah it's just a, a tour de force there we go I'm gonna say it is amazing yay it, it's a rave it's a rave review I think it's I, spoiler alert, I think it's probably going to be one of my top books of this year. All right. Well, well, Virginia, I'm tossing the baton over to you. Uh, your recommendations have been on fire. So, so who did you take a recommendation from? Who indeed? I think when I was earlier, when I referred to like how there's one person that probably the books that they talk about are closer to mine. I was thinking more about for Sadie because I think Sadie loves fantasy. I love fantasy. And I know that we have both realized that we like different types of fantasy, but that's probably the person closest. But, but I did not pick up a Sadie book today. I picked up this book entirely because of two words that my book friend said when they described the book. The two words are murder crabs <laughs> so the book that i have is call down the hawk by maggie Stevens. why are you so worried fiona this is book one of the dreamers trilogy <laughs> you can't hear fiona right now but fiona is screaming no a bunch of times um it was recommended by fiona on the episode where we talk about books in a series so i don't know why i was obsessed about these murder crafts ever since like they talked about it and and i came for the murder crafts but the book definitely gave me more than that 
In fact, <laughs> even just after reading the prologue where the readers were introduced to the Lynch brothers, so some of the main characters in the book, I found myself really intrigued by them. I found they offered this such, this, this, such good sentences in describing the three brothers that I feel like I know them already. I know who they are in just a few pages. And I think I might have momentarily forgotten about the murder crabs just maybe for a few seconds. I kind of forgot about them because they were so good. Um, so the Lynch brothers are Declan, Ronan, and Matthew. Their father was killed and their mother died shortly afterwards. So to cope with the world and to keep themselves safe, each brother adopted, you know, a different tactic. Declan decided to be boring. Not unremarkable, invisible kind of boring, just boring. If you peel off those layers of boring that you see, you know you're going to find more boring waiting for you. That's how boring he is. Matthew chose to be kind, just the nicest, kindest person that you can find. It's impossible not to like Matthew. You can't get mad at him, even if he has bad jokes, bad music taste, according to his brother. You just have to love Matthew. And Ronan, Ronan decided to go with Scary. He's the type that even though you know he goes to church every week, you have a sneaking suspicion that he plays for the other team. That his eyes are blue and people tend to think that blue eyes are pretty. You compare them to like the ocean, the sky. But no, when you look at Ronan's blue eyes, they remind you of iceberg, hypothermia, and eventually death. Ronan is the dreamer of the family, just like his father. And being a dreamer means that when you dream, things in your dream follow you into the real world when you wake up. So you can imagine that could be slightly dangerous if you're not like, like you don't know what you're going to be dreaming about if you have no control over it. So as a result, just like, I guess, just like Corinne and her spider Virginia. Um, so as a result, Ronan has never slept anywhere but the barns. The barns is their family home where it is safe to fall asleep and safe to dream. And it's already full of objects and contraptions and creatures that Ronan and his father have dreamt of and brought to life. But it's okay because the barn kept them safe and secure and away from the rest of the world. Unfortunately, Ronan's father died before sort of teaching Ronan how things work as a dreamer. So Ronan has to basically figure everything out himself. He's getting pretty good at it, though. He can manipulate his dreams. He can will himself into dreaming about certain things. He can almost pick like what he wants to bring back from his dreams and even like what he wants to dream about. So he's pretty good about that. So now he feels he's ready and he feels like he's ready to leave the barn and move out and specifically to get an apartment so that he can be closer to his boyfriend, Adam, who is living on campus right now. But of course, things are not as easy as Ronan thinks it would be. And maybe his control is not quite as good as he thought, hence the murder crabs. We also meet Hennessy and Hennessy is also a dreamer and she is dying. Dreaming is killing her slowly and she's afraid of falling asleep. In fact, she has a clock, an alarm that sets to go off every 20 minutes to prevent herself from falling asleep more than 20 minutes at a time. And so now they have to figure something out to stop this dying bit. And together with, uh, I guess, the 10, let's just call them, identical sisters for now. You'll find out who they are. Together with her 10 identical sisters, they have to figure out 
how to save Hennessy. And the latest thing they thought they would try is to find this painting called the Dark Lady. This painting is rumored to make you dream of the ocean every time you fall asleep, guaranteed. So they're hoping that if they get a hold of this painting, then that ocean dream will replace whatever dream it is that Hennessy is having that is killing her. But getting this painting is not going to be easy because they have to get themselves into this fairy market. It is a invite only. Pop-up black market that sells extremely rare collectibles like this dark lady painting, and they have to find a way to get in there, steal the painting, replace it with a fake, and hopefully that will help save Hennessy's life. On top of all of that, there is a group out there called the Moderators, and they are made up of these assassins and these visionaries. And the visionaries are the ones that they have this; they can see snippets into the future. And all of them have seen this fire that is going to engulf the world, that is going to end the world. And so they know that this fire, whatever this is, is caused by one of the dreamers. So they have been sending assassins all over the world in order to eliminate all the dreamers in order to protect the world from the apocalypse. Now, Ronan and Hennessy and people like them—they are all in danger because the moderators are after them. I really like the writing in the book. I love that kind of dreamlike. Quality of the writing. I love the atmosphere that the words invoke, and just makes you feel like you're in a dream, which of course is super appropriate for this book. I think Fiona, when they talk about the book, they describe this as randomness. This is a good book for people who love randomness, and you know, I love a good randomness. Um, so this is great. I think it sort of speaks to that sort of dreamlike world where anything, everything can happen, and you just never know. I also really enjoy because I feel like the story was really refreshing because at any given time there's always these really popular trends among like a particular genre or like a books for audience and and all the books that come out are like often very similar so it's kind of nice to see one that is not like that that has a kind of a different plot from most of the YA fantasy that I have read so that was nice to see and I'm really really glad that Fiona talked about. This series, instead of some of the other series by this author, because <laughs> um, so the, the, this series is set in the same world as the Raven Cycle series, and I've I know that like reading from the plot of those other ones, I'm like, uh, uh, no thanks. Not just because they don't have murder crabs in it, but like I'm just saying, and eh, no. Um, so I was really glad this this was probably the right series to introduce me to the author, and and I'm glad that Fiona introduced me to that, or else I would have missed some really really good writing. So yes, I came for the murder crab. But I did really get more than that, and、um, can't wait to get into the second book, which I think is out already. Mister Impossible, perhaps it's called. Anyway, if that sounds good, if you're looking for some good randomness, check out Maggie Seaviler's Call Down the Hawk. I'm so glad you enjoyed it because you got so excited about the murder crabs and so focused on the murder crabs. I was like, oh no, that's only one scene. This is going to be so disappointing. But then, when I think about it, it is really like I remember reading it and being like, "I like this, but I don't know what's going on." And, and that feels like a Virginia book for sure. Like you love things to be、uh, really keep you on your toes. So I can I can definitely see, yeah, how you would enjoy this, and I'm so glad. <laughs> so、um, for my book, I actually did choose a Virginia book,、um, but it's also a Liz book. I read a book that. 
you all should read, and I'm sure we will keep hearing about it. I think it's going to be in curriculums. It is Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Uh, and I think Kareen has also read this one. Actually, I think Sadie's read it too. I'm pretty sure we have all read it. So I am lucky to be the one who gets to talk about this. Wow. Um, it was such a smart book. And I listened to it as an audiobook, which is something that I would recommend because a lot of it is written uh, as a screenplay. So it worked very well as an audiobook, and the narrator did just a fantastic job with all of the different voices. This book follows Willis Wu. Willis Wu has always dreamed of being the kung fu guy. Willis Wu is not the kung fu guy. You see, there is a hierarchy, and it starts out with generic Asian guy going all the way up to kung fu guy the dream. We follow Willis along with uh, many of the other members of Chinatown, such as Big Brother and Sifu, and I'm trying to think what some of the, the, the female roles are, but it's very allegorical. And the description, it's describing all of these ways in which Chinese Americans are uh, made to play roles in society. And I immediately knew it was such a great and pertinent book because all of these stereotypes that you know come from different places, but in a large part, uh, the film industry and entertainment, I could immediately picture them. These, these things that he's describing about Chinatown, the interior Chinatown, interior jade restaurant, and immediately, you know exactly what he was talking about. It's like, where does this whole visual world come from? It's not something I've sought out. It is just something that's there because of our culture uh, and the way that we treat Asian people in our culture and Asian cultures. So it, it was a very funny book. Like, I'm hesitant to say that because I think, again, clever is a better word uh, because it was always it was always biting, like such a biting critique of uh, Western culture. Um, <laughs> but for instance, a big part of the plot is this um, um, detective show that's being shot uh, black and white. Uh, and you have the stunningly handsome black male lead and the harsh but beautiful white female lead. And they are on the impossible crimes unit, <laughs> which made me laugh every single time. Throughout, it was entertaining and poignant, but it's not until the very end that I really feel like I understood what this book was about and why I was listening to it. I feel like with, you know, with COVID, we've seen a spike in uh, anti-Asian hate. And something I've been interested in learning more about is the model minority, pardon me, model minority. I, and being like, how can I, how can I understand this term more? And when you get to the end of the book, I finally felt like I understood uh, what that meant. It did a really great comparison talking about anti-Black racism and anti-Asian racism and how in society we know what anti-Black racism looks like, but we don't always know what anti-Asian racism looks like. And of course, it is all done uh, from an own voice perspective that just gave me this understanding that I feel like I never had. 
it was just amazing. And like I say, I really think it's going to be in curriculums uh, because it it just captures something in a way that I think maybe only allegory can. Like I love memoirs uh, and reading, you know, about people's specific experiences. Uh, but the way that um, the author captures this generic experience was just just really really well done. Uh, again, I recommend the audiobook if you get a chance. It was really fantastic and it's very well suited for uh, this type of book. It's only four hours long, so it's a pretty quick read and is definitely something that everybody should read. It was Liz and Virginia's top book for 2020. I wish that I'd read it last year, so it could have been my top book, uh, but you know, always late to the party. So that is Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Check it out. It's funny you picked that book because I actually wrote this down here because I noticed because all five of us have actually read that is the only book, as far as I can tell, not that I've gone through every list, that we have all given five stars to on Goodreads. So it was a book that all five of us have read. And I was waiting for you to read it, Fiona, because when Sadie read it, I'm like, Sadie gave it five stars. I'm like, we just need Fiona to give it five stars and then we're all good. So, yep. Interior Chinatown. Apparently, it's the book for everyone. It blew my mind. It like it was one of those ones where I feel like a different person after reading it. And there's this whole um, like uh, kangaroo court at the end, which is usually something that I'm like, no, I hate this. I hate a kangaroo court. It's so frustrating. Uh, that's the point. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> I am so impressed that we found like a unicorn book that all five of us who have pretty disparate reading tastes love. And I have to say, I have to add another another person to that list is that my mom loved that book. <laughs> and that is not her wheelhouse. Like I, she really, really struggled with the format of it. Really, really struggled. But because she has similar reading taste to Liz. Um, and because both of you had recommended it so powerfully, she's like, okay, I'm going to struggle through this. I'm going to keep going. And yeah, it, as you said, Fiona, it, it changed, it, it changed who she was as a person and her understanding of the world. Like it's that, it's that good. It's again, that kind of big genius level perspective to to come at an idea or a problem in such a with such a unique perspective and in such a in such a way that you're laughing and then you realize oh wait a minute this isn't funny at all <laughs> and yeah genius 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 yes so we found our special unicorn book we found it but as our existential question i am interested in doing a little bit of a hot gossip session um in maybe talking a little bit about our fellow book friends in my question of who do you think your book tastes most overlap with and then least overlap with? And then who do you think, like, what kind of in your Venn diagrams of who, what do you think overlaps with, with what people in our, in our little circle of book friends? So I guess I can start because the second part of that question is super easy in that Virginia and I, <laughs> Virginia and I are in different universes. I think that's an easy question for us to answer. But we overlap today. Our universe kind of like said hi to one another today. I feel like if something is, oh, there, there are things that overlap with us sometimes, but it has to be a really good book. And Interior Chinatown, 
build your houses around my body, can't plug it enough, are, are some of those books that they're just so good that they transcend our petty disagreements. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so for people that I think I most overlap with, I think it's actually Liz, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. But I mean, she loves Star Wars. I love a Star Wars. Um, she loves a mystery. Um, she does a lot of graphic novels and Japanese authors. And so that's kind of like our little overlap there. But I think she reads a lot more literary fiction than I do <laughs> in a big way, in a big way. Sadie and I, I think fantasy and, and mystery, mystery. I like that she's kind of like slowly sliding into like Victorian mysteries, which are absolutely my jam. I don't read a lot of YA and I especially dislike YA fantasy. So that is where oh, we differ. I, I will try Call Down the Hawk because I actually do like Ma uh, Maggie Steakotter a lot. I think her writing is really, really good. So I will try. I don't really care about care for murder crabs unless they killed Amelia Earhart. There's a story. There's a story. And Virginia, I think we do overlap on some kind of like horror, literary, thinky books every once in a while. But I hate your darkness. <laughs> I Your books are always really like dark. I prefer things a little lighter. And then Fiona, I think we read a lot of graphic novels. Love a good graphic novels. However, I do not understand how you listen to audiobooks. <laughs> I genuinely cannot comprehend it. You're like, it's only four hours. I was like, four hours? Hours? Uh, it's inconceivable to me. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I fall. What about you, Virginia? Ooh, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. Um, I think, yeah, same thing. Like there's always something I think that's kind of like that I find common with everybody. Like I said, I think in terms of certain things in some certain fantasy not all of them because i think sadie and i do like different fantasy but you know like just that sometimes would would work fiona actually have read probably more fiona books than others i would have to say because fiona maybe it's the way fiona how you describe books because there's Murder crabs, there is turn a baby. I get very fixated on those concepts. <laughs> like, and then, of course, just like you said, it's a very small part of the book, but I just get really fixated. And then I'm like, turn a baby. I need to know what that is. So I go, I, I would do that. So, yeah. And I think I probably have ended up making more of an effort to read more Canadian books after, you know, Fiona talking about them. So I, yeah. So I think in terms of like, certain weirdness in books i feel like fiona does like read books that have like some weirdness in it and i feel like so that 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 part overlap i think listen i both love japanese like anything japanese you know in terms of translation so in that way we do sometimes do and, and she does like some dark stuff occasionally so again i think those are the books that we often um sort of read similar like you know um on this show i find a lot of the things that she is interested in reading very often are something that i'm also kind of interested in is that there's a certain side of it it's more like the not the emotional evocative things but just the darker kind of more psychological i think kind of things and this Corrine, you know, we already talked about our, our Venn diagram, but like, I think it's easy for, like I said, easier for us to find things that we both don't like than like probably. And it's the same thing. Like you, you definitely love like the lighter, the happy, the hopeful. I am, yeah, I'm too jaded for that. So I can 
can deal with it whenever is it and then be just I mean also the stuff that you love like last week when you talk about like you know you love books that are set in bookstores and library I despise those I cannot deal with them so yeah so I think you know one day there will be another interior Chinatown there will be another future house around the body every year there seems to be one so we'll just next year there's a new year coming so there will be another one I think can't wait cannot wait for our overlap book of 2022 <laughs> all right Fiona what about you so I'm gonna say that I am most like uh, my reading tastes are most like Liz um the graphic novels some literary fiction and there was something else I was thinking oh memoir we cross over a lot on those the only thing is that I've never told her this I've never gotten through a Murakami book before. I can't do it. <laughs> so I feel like maybe I just need to try harder. Uh, maybe I need to find the right one. Yeah, so maybe I need to talk to her about that. Least, I would say, is Sadie. We, I really like historical fiction, but she likes her historical fiction to have like a fantasy twist. And I cannot do that. Nope. <laughs> actually I shouldn't say that I can do that sometimes and same with like you know I don't really like romance in my YA except for sometimes so it's like and I don't really like YA fantasy except for sometimes so like I feel like there might be those odd books but like generally I'm also not a huge fan of the fairy tale retellings but I did really love that book that Sadie picked for me which was a fairy tale retelling so sometimes I feel like I don't even know what I like <laughs> Yeah, I think, Virginia, you hit the nail on the head. I think we both like to be surprised in books. And I think maybe I have, like, a little less tolerance for, like, a crazy plot. Like, uh, that's hard to follow. But I do really like things to be, like, out of sequence and have, like, multiple perspectives. Yeah, I am so excited for this book. I'm so stoked. Um, plus that cover. Look at that cover. And Kareen. Yeah, I feel like we do overlap, like, uh, in some things a lot with graphic novels, also with like issue based um, kids lit. That's like if I'm going to read kids lit and like, give me that issue. But our reading habits are so different. Like when you say that you that you read for six hours straight, first of all, like six hours, I think I would probably only get through like, I don't know, maybe half a book. Maybe I'm a really slow reader, which is part of why I like audiobooks. And I also like I read until like 11 and I'm like, oh, wow, late. Gotta go to bed. So like, yeah, I just feel like maybe we should maybe we should talk about that at some point uh, in the future. Uh, what's your reading sweet spot? So Fiona, I have a question for you because lately I have been trying audiobooks. I've been trying really hard. In fact, I tried this in an audiobook form first because I wanted to have the true Fiona experience. However, I find that once I started, I'm like, these sentences are so good. I want to see them on a page. And I also want to like audio because very often I'm in the car. I can't just keep stopping the audiobook, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to stop and just take a moment and appreciate that sentence. And I find that or like sometimes when something like really, you know, like, like earth shattering happened, I, I, I want to put down the book and be like, ooh. Let me just like pause for a bit. And I can't do that with audiobooks, which is what I think why I find it so difficult because it just forces me to keep going and going and going and I can't stop. See, I think that that's why it works for me because I need that engine. Like I need that momentum to keep going, to like to feel the flow of the book. Um, 
because and I can't get that from reading like there's too many pauses not not never when it's a really good book um like sometimes I will get that but but I find it more easily from um audiobooks I don't want to feel like interrupted all the time I want to get really engaged like I forget that I'm driving a car <laughs> not oh my gosh we've had other conversations about my bad driving habits i'm a good driver i swear <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting yeah because i i i just i just need i just want to stop i'm like oh I, but I, and also i think for me it's like it's it's so much easier for me to do reading i think just like my listening skills are just not as good you know when like i think it's a it's my language thing is still not the best so I'm just like ah I want to be able to see those words it it it's better for me I think like you know it makes it more concrete and sometimes I will find that like I would actually start a book in reading and then go into the audiobook once I've got everybody established and once I get all the characters get the setting I'm like okay now I can move on to the audiobook and like because I already kind of have those kind of more in my mind I feel like so it, it kind of works a little better for me so I don't know. I completely agree with that. And sometimes then, you know, like there's a name and you, you're here, you've seen it and you hear it and you're like, oh, getting all of this. <laughs> One more thing. I meant to give out a shout out to um, to Mexican Gothic as I was talking about my crossover with Kareen. I super enjoyed uh, this one. Um, I know, I think that like Gothic literature is like maybe part of Kareen's like school repertoire um and I've like dabbled but this really uh made it concrete for me of like oh this is how you can play with this genre and like you get to the point where you're like is this all in your their head or is it like just real weird and creepy I won't say I won't say what it is but it's so good <laughs> is it female hysteria or is it society that's making them crazy Ooh. or is it a literal monster <laughs> or is the true monster man we know what it is so thank you so much for joining us for this very I think kind of like special studio acoustic version of keep it fictional um where we got to appreciate the recommendations given to us by our fellow book friends, discover some books that, you know, we might have picked up, but we but we may not. And that's kind of the, the joy of the Keep It Fictional podcast is that you're just going to get so many more books in, from so many different kinds of readers in so many different formats um, that you might not have been exposed to before. So happy reading, everyone. Keep your pages dry and your audiobooks unscratched. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, keep it fictional. Mm -hmm.